0: There's a borderline of flirting, and a borderline of being too creepy. Yeah. If the girl's into you, that's considered flirting. If the girl's yeah. not into you, she's gonna just call you creepy. <laughs> you jump
1: right into it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody! Welcome, welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Deep, where we're going deep in more ways than one. Uh, we're talking all things sex, non-monogamy, naughty things, mental health. Uh, we're excited to have you listening here today. So I am L, and I am V. And today we have a special guest. And today we're going to be talking about rejection. And we're going to dive into how do you reject somebody? Have you been rejected? Which ways are the best way to deliver the rejection? How do you phrase it? And and really touching into some touchy and and tricky
1: situations like not wanting to play with somebody in your same circle group uh, Mm. of friends. So. So, we have a guest today who I'm super excited about, and her name is. BB, and she has been my friend in the lifestyle for um, a little over two or three years now, which is kind of amazing because I had a COVID partner and uh, we'll call him Big D. There are reasons for that, but uh, he was like, let's have a threesome. We were open. um, So that was totally, you know, okay and acceptable. But A lot of jealousy was triggered when I met Bibi, who was this seemingly perfect human. And I was just like, oh my God, she knows, you know, how to be in the lifestyle and she's experienced with men and women. And so it's funny, we had this threesome. I was super triggered. And then years later he is no longer in either of our lives but we are in each other's lives so bibi hello welcome thank you thank
2: you both <laughs> for having me i'm so Yo. excited to be here <laughs>
1: welcome to the show
0: i'm so excited for today's topic because if i if i'm correct you are in the dating world right now would you say yes to that yes okay can you go yes. into a little bit about what is how do you practice non-monogamy what's your current lifestyle And how does it apply to today's podcast on rejection?
2: Yeah. So I've been a little bit in and out of the lifestyle for about nine years, I would say. And I have only been – out of it for a little while. I had one of those classic uh, partners where you started open and then we closed it up. And then I learned that I never want to do that again. Uh, (laughs) I think we all have one of those, learn the hard way. But yeah, I've been in a lot of different uh, kinds of open relationships. I'm currently uh, with a partner. Uh, Her name's Kay. She is lovely. Uh, She lives with her nesting partner And um, otherwise, I am dating and open and um, having fun.
0: Cool. So wait, can we just take a step back? Because the nesting partner is a new term for me. So can you define Mm -hmm. what that is?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. So Kay and her partner, um, uh, they don't – practice, you know, higher, I mean, to some degree, we all practice hierarchy in our relationships for all of our intentions. But I think they're really mindful of it. And so they don't use the language of like primary and secondary. um, But they have been together for quite a long time, several years, and they do live together. So for them, they prefer uh, nesting or anchor partner.
0: Oh, I I love love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. New term. And are you are you polyamorous? Is this this world that we're talking about? Yes. Yes. Okay. I definitely identify as poly. So you're polyamorous. You're bisexual. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're currently dating as well. I am. Yes. I um,
2: was just talking with V about rejection, the theme today, and um, I recently went through a breakup and with what I would call my primary partner. That's how we identified with each other. And so it's still pretty fresh. So I was telling her how I'm sort of in in this world of – being a little bit sad about that relationship ending, but also being really excited about where things are going with Kay. So you kind of have to hold space for both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's.
1: Yeah, it's like the- when
0: one door opens, another one. O- I mean, one door closes, another
2: one yeah, opens. Yeah, exactly. You know? And in this world, there's a lot of doors. <laughs> oh, yeah, there
1: is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so since. Neither L nor I or M, who has been on the um, podcast previously, we're all in primary relationships. I'd love to ask you, are you seeking a primary partnership? That's a really good question. Is that important to you?
2: Yes and no. So this is something I struggle with because I've always been the kind of person that I feel like I love being in a relationship. I love having a primary partner. Um, But I don't know if... I require it, and I don't know if that's what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely in a busy space. I'm finishing my thesis. I work full time. I'm trying to write a book. There's all these things yeah, going get on. Get it,
0: girl. Right? Thank you. <laughs> Lots of
2: wonderful, exciting things. Um, so I think it ebbs and flows, right? Like there's times in your life where you prioritize you know, relationships. You, there's times where you prioritize work. I'm in a very work-heavy Mode right now, um, Mm -hmm. which kind of plays into having to reject potential partners, which sucks. Um, But um, (laughs) yeah, no, it's hard. I'm, I. I don't think I need a primary partner, but at the end of the day, I think that is a nice ultimate goal. Mm. Um, I would love to share a life with someone. You know, that's it's a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, and I think this goes back to—I mean—to connect this. Like, we're all primal beings, and we all need a social community and a sense of belonging. And when we get rejected, it almost hits those chords of "Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Something's wrong with me. I don't fit in." And then you start to feel alienated from, you know, your core group or whatever you're trying to achieve. Yes. But I think that's why rejection becomes so hard because it touches on that. But I do think that we're social beings. We're meant to have a partner and we're meant mm. to spend life and share experiences with others. Absolutely. So yeah. now are you currently dating others? Um, sort of. So my schedule
2: is very booked. So I did this thing where um I – Set aside a day a one day a week. It's Thursday, if anyone's listening. Uh, Thursday is my spontaneous day of the week that I reserve for dating, meeting new people, um, just whatever the day throws at me because so much of my life is scheduled and I live and die by the Google calendar. Um, <laughs> so I am dating, but it's not the volume that I'd want to be because of just how busy I am, unfortunately.
0: So now in your life right now, would you say that you're doing more of the rejecting or have you been rejected at this point?
2: (laughs) I would definitely say I do more of the rejecting. And I was just telling me, I'm like, I kind of feel like a jerk for saying that. Um, But I mean, that's the nature of the situation. I've definitely been rejected before. Um, Mm. We were talking about in the context of like play parties, which I was trying to come up with um, because I think, you know, as a woman or just in this world you're going to have so many more opportunities where you have to reject people and that's just the nature of this lifestyle you're going to be at a play party someone's going to come up to you and you know want to get to know you and it's you know you're going to have to say no if you're not feeling it and so i feel like that is definitely much more common in
1: my experience, than being rejected. Um, But yeah, it, it goes both ways for sure. So on that note, it was interesting. I was like kind of diving deep into rejection. And I found that it was difficult to find podcasts that have talked about rejection through the lens of polyamory and open relationships. But I found a lot of podcast episodes about monogamous or like traditional dating, how to reject, how to deal with rejection. However, I will say it all crosses over, right? It's all all universal. Mm -hmm. um, But a lot of it is like you went on a date with someone and you're not feeling it. Um, So I think the major difference here is that aspect of sex parties and the immediacy of rejection versus I went on a date, I go home, I can think about it and I can either send a text or have a conversation with them later after I've reflected. Like the the tricky part for us is like we have to come up with the right wording in the moment. In the moment. Yeah, and often with exactly. people that we will see later that night. <laughs> and yeah. they might see us with other people later that night and they'll be like, you mm-hmm. said you weren't in the mood. It's like, uh, I wasn't in the mood with you. <laughs> right. Well, and, and – <laughs> Or also maybe I just wasn't in the mood because that's another aspect to this too. No, exactly. And that could absolutely happen where you're with
0: somebody and you can say, you know what? I'm just not feeling really sexy right now. I'm really flattered, but – um, maybe, in you know, another time, right? And that could be true. And maybe if 20 minutes later, you're going to be intimate with somebody else, but maybe that brought something different out of you, or mm-hmm. maybe you were just something shifted in you differently that you are now feeling sexy. So, yeah, that shouldn't be taken personal. Like, hey, I'm not feeling sexy right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's the message behind that. You know, that is very valid. I think instead
2: of like framing it as I'm not in the mood in the context of a sex party, which can be tricky because like, even if that is true, um, you know, we're all gathered here today for a bit of a common goal. And so I, I don't know about you, but for me, just like being in a play space is exciting in itself. And I think rather than being like, I'm not in the mood right now with you, I found that a simple maybe
0: later. Usually mm-hmm. works, mm-hmm. and I feel like- as as long as you really mean that, yeah, <laughs> right? Also you know, true. Also true. Not trying to get them out of your okay. Maybe later. Like, let me just get them out of my face right now because I don't want to deal with it.
2: Right, you and know? I say that more in the context of like play parties with people I know because I tend mm-hmm. to play in smaller parties with you know people that I all, I consider every everyone at the party my friend. These are people I see regularly. Um, so with most of those people, if not all it is a maybe later situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, one thing that I think is really helpful that we do at a lot of our parties is uh, we will have a, you know, a sort of consent circle or whatever you want to call it at the beginning. And we kind of just talk about our intentions. And so maybe my intention for the night is I really just want to play with women tonight. And so Mm -hmm. if a guy, you know, comes up to me or approaches me, that wouldn't be a maybe later. That would be like, hey, really flattered. I love, you know, love hanging out with you, love spending time with you, but I'm really focusing on connecting with women tonight. So I think having that intention circle can be really helpful, um, you know, and kind of, you know, creating the kind of night you want to have.
1: Okay. So what if a woman comes up to you that you're not interested in? You have said, my intention is to play with women tonight. And you're having a great conversation with someone, you're not feeling the romantic spark, but apparently they are and they're like, Hey, wanna wanna go take bed? this to the next yeah. level. Yeah, I wanna get another what remote. do you do? What do you say?
2: Um. No, I mean, that's that's the the question, right? That's the hard part. I feel like it depends on the degree of how well I know the person. Again, I feel like the more I know them, the more likely I am to give them the maybe later. Um. But I also feel like if I don't know them that well, I kind of feel like I don't owe people a really extravagant mm. explanation. Mm, it's yes, like, I don't really know you. Agree. I'm not really feeling it. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to throw the maybe next time. I'm just you can almost leave it at that. I'm just like, hey, I'm not feeling a vibe, but um, I'm flattered. Thanks.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and that's exactly how I would approach that situation. Is I would say, hey, I think you're great. I'm enjoying the conversation with you. I think you're sweet, but I'm just not really feeling the sexual vibes. Yeah, you know. But I'd still like to. I'm happy to see you around here the rest of the evening and chit chat and all of that. You know. So you're you're putting them down, but saying, hey, I still want to talk to you the rest of the night. Like that doesn't mean we have to end here you know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think part of what's so beautiful about this world and like these spaces that we create is that um, I have a lot of trust in my circles and my friends and the people I care about. And so it's pretty rare to meet like a total stranger. So it's where someone's like, oh, who invited her? Or, Who's that guy? Like, that's he's yeah. a weirdo. So it's like, there, it's not like a formal vetting process, but I do feel like we kind of, um, we bring in good people, you know? Right. So we don't, I I personally haven't found myself in a lot of sticky situations like that. Now, when you go to like, organized play parties, all bets are off. That's a whole different vibe. That's a whole different situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So one of the interesting things that came up in one of the podcast episodes, it was an interesting um, idea that was brought up. So you have a duty of care. So do as little damage as possible to the person because – We've all been rejected, right? And we've all been affected by those rejections. And so I think one of the main things that's going through our minds when we are rejecting someone and the fear of rejecting someone, it comes from, you know, having been rejected ourselves and how we felt in that moment. And we still feel Mm -hmm. that trauma, right? And Mm -hmm. so we don't want to inflict that on someone else. So what is the most eloquent way to do so. And some of the things that in my past that I have come up with, and I still have yet to find a really eloquent way to do it at a sex party, but with dating, I feel like I have come to a place where I'm able to do it in, a, in an eloquent way. Um, but again, that's that situation where I'm able to go home, reflect, spend an hour typing out a text message if I need to, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. But, you know, do as little damage as possible. So, like, you know, just being um, honest and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, like, I had a really great time tonight. Um, I'm – I've been thinking about it a little bit more and I think I'm looking for something a little bit different. I didn't really feel the romantic spark with you, although I Mm -hmm. fully enjoyed our time together. I wish you all the best. And – I hope to see you around, you know. Um right. but don't make it ambiguous. Yeah. Um yes. just like make right. it very clear this is not going to happen with us. Actually, Bibi, you had a really good text that you had read to me.
2: Oh, do you want me to read it? Yeah. So, okay. can
1: you tell the context of it?
2: Sure. Yeah, so this is not in like a play party context. This is um a guy that I dated a couple years ago. Um, we only went on a couple dates, maybe two or three, so I felt like a text message was warranted. Um, I was telling V, if maybe you go on a long weekend together, maybe don't reject someone over text. Um, but I feel like if it's just been a couple <laughs> of dates, then fair game. That's my policy. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, a
2: yeah, weeks, you know, yeah, you know, and I think we live in the world where some people are like, well, God, why couldn't you have just texted me? You know, so some people appreciate that. But um, I went out with this guy a couple of times and... I said, hey, Pete, I hope your day is going well so far. I know this is a bummer. I have clearly got a lot going on. But if I can be honest, I'm not really feeling a strong romantic connection between us. It has been fun getting to know you. You're clearly a very cool and sweet guy. But chemistry is such an odd thing. I hope you meet someone that totally rocks your world. And his response, although I could sense the hurt in his voice, he said, yeah, that was becoming clear, and thank you for letting me know. And it's yeah, like it's like
0: ripping see? the band aid. Yeah, it's like yeah. I instead think of you letting him to wonder, yourself, right? Yeah. You're acting in your integrity, which you deserve, and you're also I think that when you drag things out unnecessarily, you're hurting you and them more so in the long run. And then I think it sometimes you try to avoid the rejection at that point because you've spent so much time avoiding it that you end up ghosting them, and yeah. that's even worse. So much worse. Right? Just you just end up being like, forget it. I'm just done. Like I don't even know what to do anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like we think that being honest and rejecting them outright will be more painful and hurtful than the ambiguity of ghosting. Yeah. It's so much worse. It's so much worse because you're leading them on, giving them hope. You know, often people will just like say something like, oh yeah, I've been really busy. Sorry, I haven't texted. Like, yeah, we should definitely hang out again. And we think yeah. we're doing someone a favor by saying that, like, so that we're not turning them down, quote unquote. They just think we're super busy. But like, no, like it's ju- it's giving them hope and like definitely. throwing them a thread. Yeah. And so while
2: they have hope, on the other hand, you- have to keep coming up with excuses. And that's your yeah. time too. You know? It's yeah. like we only have so much time in the day. It's like you're just kicking the can further down the road. So it's like, just rip the band aid. It's gonna yeah. suck. Disappointment's not fun for anyone, but I'm totally all all in favor of just be upfront with those sort of things. Yeah. And
0: so, like, I have a text message uh thread that my friend had sent me about rejection. And so he had reached out to this girl twice. Reached out to her on one day, no response. A couple days later, no response. And then like maybe like a week or two went by and he finally replied and said, hey, I know you're having this event coming up, wishing you the best. Curious if you still have interest in connecting with me or if you didn't feel a connection. If not, that's okay. Just let me know and I'll stop reaching out. She instantly replied <gasps> and she said, hey, sorry for not being very responsive. I have a lot going on right now, not a lot of extra time to give. And then she kind of just said, okay, it's best that we just let it go for now. And when you come back to the area – I'll let you know how I'm feeling about it all. Right. So, but again, she had an excuse, but then she also acknowledged, okay, you know what? This is my chance to get out of this situation. Yes. In a kind way.
1: Well, that's how he took it, but you know, that still does leave room for. She she said, like, when I get out of this particular space in my life. Maybe I'll hit you back up, and but I've it, certainly done that before. That could be true. We also, talked about this yeah. like a it's a maybe, a maybe later no could turn yeah. into a yes, yeah, and, yeah, and absolutely that's totally valid. Yes,
2: and that's why I feel like saving those kinds of like if you want to call them excuses or whatever, like maybe later's. It's like if you really mean it, then yeah, that's the perfect time. But if you really don't want to connect with this person. You don't see anything happening between you two. I think it's best to just be as concise and as honest as possible.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the theme here is act with respect, be honest and act with integrity and you owe
1: it to them and to yourself, you know? Amen. I love that. (laughs) Yes. So on the flip side, I have received that text message. I don't know if Mm. you ladies have, but (laughs) (laughs) So this guy said to me like, hey, sorry to be out of touch. I've been doing X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Had time over the weekend to think about what I want and feel it's better to end this now. Apologies for the text. I know a call is better, but I just don't have the energy at the moment. Happy to chat at another time, though. Hope that's all good with you and that you had a great birthday in the city. Um, mm. so I in the moment, it hurt. It really hurts. Yeah, Um, We had been on like maybe two or three dates. And this was definitely when I was in a different time in my life. And so I was, you know, I didn't have a primary. I was looking for someone. So anyone who's listening, who's like not in the lifestyle or, you know, is searching for a primary, you know, it's like you come at it from a different um, perspective and Mm -hmm. um, it hurt. But even in that moment when it hurt, I was like, thank God he just said something and I'm not left wondering. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I had a dating coach at that time and I like screenshotted this to her and I was like, this is exactly what I've been like thinking was going to happen. So also to your point, BB, like that guy that you texted, his response was, I've been feeling like this was this text was coming or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like we can all tell, so just like just say it, just say it in a respectful, clear the the air, beautiful way. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think anytime you're rejected, like you have the right to loathe a little bit and just kind of take time to work through that. Like you're not like you're this. I don't know. Like you you should be okay to loathe in it. But then what now just kind of focus on, well, this door closed. Now another one opened up, right? Now I have more opportunities ahead of me. The universe is showing you something different.
1: So when being rejected, that's a great way to think of it. Yeah. So flipping a little bit. Um, so not one-on-one, but couples. In, you know, open relationships and polyamory, often you will play with people who are partnered and sometimes it can be awkward. So I had a, an interesting experience um, at Jay and my last play party. I had one of his partners was there who we vibed. We had great conversations. She's lovely. And so later in the evening, after like Jay and her had fucked and stuff like that, I, like, was in the same room with her and Jay, and um, I was like, so, I don't know, like, do you want to do something or something like that? I was like, I would love to kiss you right now. And I remember so vividly, she was just like, I could see on her face, like – before she spoke, right? She, mm-hmm. You can see how someone feels about it before they even yep. speak. And I was like, "Oh, my God, I take it back immediately." <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and she, she was, said out loud, <laughs> no, no, but like that was that was like immediately my thought because she w- you could tell she was not into it, number one. But then she said something like, "Oh, maybe later uh, And yeah. and I think there is a world in which her maybe will turn into a yes. And Mm -hmm. it's also okay if it doesn't, you know. But she said something like, yeah, like, um, I don't think so right now, but um, maybe later. And I was like, if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a hell no. I totally respect that. But that's the point. So, like, I would hope that anyone that I am rejecting at play parties is also – mature enough like myself back, <laughs> to say that and say if it's not a fuck yes in this moment then it's a hell no. Find me mm-hmm. when you're ready. And if that doesn't happen, that's okay too. Exactly. So that's that's the dream situation. No,
0: yep. <laughs>
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like there's trust in hearing someone say no. It's like, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but like if I can trust you with your no, I can trust you with your yes. Mm. So yeah. that's why it's rejection is so important to listen to, even if it is truly just a, a maybe later situation. Mm.
0: Yeah, I can totally support that. Like you just have confidence in that person when they speak now because they're standing in their power. They're saying if they can say no, then anything else they say is as honest as it can be. And you can take their word for it, mm. which I appreciate and honor and hope in all of my play partners.
1: Yeah. Well, so have you guys had um, any experiences with such things as your play partner – or sorry, your partner has a play partner who has a partner – oh, wow, this is getting convoluted. I was like, I just (laughs) had to
0: stop for a second. Yeah, okay. Let me me put my vodka down.
1: (laughs) Let me me rephrase this. So have you ever gotten into a situation where maybe in a threesome – where you're the unicorn, let's say, and you're really into the one person and the other one's like a, meh, okay, I can take it or leave it. But then once you're in the situation, you're like, I really need to leave it. I can't do this. So your yes mm. turned into a no in the moment. Yes. Interesting. And how do you deal with it?
0: I have not had that. So go ahead, Bebe, take the
1: That has that definitely chair.
0: happened
2: to me. I feel like it's um, – You know, being bisexual is so wonderful and I wouldn't have it any other way, but I have found a common problem, especially in the beginning of my, you know, poly journey, I would date couples kind of not really knowing what I want and what I'm going out for. Um, Maybe I was just looking to connect with women more and I kept, you know, meeting women that were, you know, already involved and with a primary partner usually a guy. And I have found that I would be really excited about the woman. And then I would just wasn't that into the guy. And that was kind of the scenario that I would have time and time again. But then, you know, you let that happen so many times before you're like, I, I don't want this. You know, I, I, you're only doing yourself a disservice if you keep putting yourself in situations where you don't like the outcome. And Mm -hmm. so I've definitely been in a situation where I was sort of dating a couple. The guy was great. There was nothing wrong with him in any way. I just didn't feel the connection. I, I just didn't want to fuck him. That's what it came down to. And mm-hmm. in the moment, I said to him, I don't want any penetration to happen between us. I only want to focus on your girlfriend right now. And he was very receptive to that in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it turned into a larger conversation of like, yeah, I didn't want penetration in that moment, but it actually, you know, now that we're not in the scene and we're not playing, we can have more of a realistic conversation about what it looks like for us as trying to date, as play partners, um, et cetera.
1: Mm. I have had a foursome with Jay where I was more into the girl than the guy. Mm-hmm. And I did end up playing with him, even though I wasn't so interested. And we had a fine time, but Jay and his female partner were having a great time and kept going at it. And I was like, I'm I'm done. And so a very easy way that I was able to reject someone was I was just like taking it into non-sexual territory. Like, let's just talk. And because I can talk to a wall, like I love human connection. And so like, if I don't want to fuck you, I still want to have a conversation with you. But that's what it comes down to. It's like, it's still
2: connecting. Mm -hmm. Like you're still having that connection. And I feel like we've done that at parties where it's like, I want to connect with you, but we don't necessarily like want to play. It's just, I really want to talk to you right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like that's also an acceptable level of Connection mm-hmm. now, whether you're like pivoting from a sexual to that, I I don't know, I I I don't know what that looks
1: like. Well, but, sometimes it's I need to pee. Okay, that's a good one. And so then you go pee, and when you come back, you're like, oh, I'm gonna get a drink or something like that, right, and then it just naturally switch gears. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know. What are the ethics of that? What do you think well, of that as a way to reject someone without rejecting them? <laughs> I, I mean, I think that leaves ambiguity. Yeah.
0: I, I think that that does. So like in that moment, how I would approach a situation, thinking back when I've been in that moment, because I've certainly been in situations where I was like into the other partner, but it was like, okay. But I would see that M is having a blast and having a great time. So I often find myself in those situations stopping with my current partner and saying, like, hey, like, do you mind if we just watch for a little bit? Mm. Because I really enjoy watching and play with others. And that's a very valid thing. Like, if he's at it and in it and getting it and I can tell he's getting it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so hot. I want to watch. And that, that's a true statement. Like, you know, and then it tur- it still stays sexy. We're still involved. We're still next to each other. We're not talking, but we're still just observing the sexual experience. That That's is how great, I would and approach And I have that.
1: certainly used that as well. So two great options. I need to pee if you literally want to get out of the situation. <laughs> and also if, you, also if you've fucked, like, I mean, I don't know that people talk about this enough. Like, I certainly do with my friends in this community. But, like, you know, after you fuck, like you got to go pee. You got to like fend off those UTIs. You have to like, you know, (laughs) splash some water there. Yeah. Like (laughs) if you get nothing else from this episode, that's very important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So go pee. Or I do love that. And I have certainly used that before. Um, both when I'm rejecting someone subtly or not, I do love to sit back and watch my partner enjoy someone else or someone else enjoy my partner. Like it's so fucking hot. So yeah, I think those are great. Compersion baby. Compersion. Love it. Mm -hmm. I think those are great options in the moment. Um, yeah, they're great. Yeah. But there's also other situations too, where I think
2: it's perfectly fine to just say, Hey, can we take a break? I mean that happened to me last night for instance you know I'm playing and uh, one of my play partners you know we're going at it we're having a good time and he was like I just, I need to stop. I need to take a break. And he's like, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like he just couldn't come and that's okay. You know, we went out, we had drinks and sometimes you can't come. And I'm like, I don't want to make him feel physically uncomfortable if, you know, he just isn't feeling like coming. So I wouldn't really put that in the realm of rejection, but it, but it is, you know, it's a rejection. He's literally telling me stop, sucking my dick and um, let's cuddle and whatever. So, you know, it's a different, different kind of rejection, but yeah, it it ends the, it ends what's happening.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because I was very similarly to to this. um, I was having a conversation with my husband and I asked him, I said, we haven't really been rejected because we haven't been putting ourselves in situations to be rejected, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't really dated new brand new couples in, probably since before 2020. And so all of the people that we have been meeting to date have been friends of friends. Hey, you should meet this couple. Let me invite these people. So it's been like, like you said, in your circle of friends, there's just a level of trust. You're just already leveled up there. But I said to him, you know, okay, great. We haven't been putting ourselves in those situations to be rejected. And I said, do you avoid putting yourself in those situations to be rejected? And he said, yeah. He said, sometimes I will. As a male being aggressing females, he's like there's a borderline of flirting and a borderline of being too creepy. If the girl's into you, that's considered flirting. If the girl's not into you, she's going to call you creepy. So there's like a fine line where they take it. Like I feel like more men are taking back seats now as opposed to being a little more aggressive with women because of this.
2: Absolutely. I've noticed that too. Mm-hmm. The the people are having a little bit more pause for sure.
0: Yeah. 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 So would you say like – I mean because you're in the dating world. Do you find that you are approaching men or are men approaching you? Like what is that like?
2: I definitely feel like I get pursued more often than I pursue. and. I do think part of that is like the cultural gender, you know, women aren't as used to getting rejected as men. But I don't think that's specifically the reason why I don't pursue uh, specifically men as, as much uh, because I approach women and I get mm-hmm. rejected by women. I just think it's, it's different between, you know, different genders for sure. But I definitely have a lot more experience rejecting men. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean... Well, I think that's also interesting to think about because my experience with you is you are a little bit more dominant with women than you are with men. You take a more submissive role with men. So I think that tracks. So like you'll wait for a man to come to you so you have more opportunities to reject. And with women, you have more opportunities to be rejected. Exactly. That's such a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. true.
2: But I also feel like when I'm rejecting women, I'm much more nervous about it. Like I'm much more concerned about their emotions. I really don't want to hurt their feelings. And it's not Mm -hmm. that I don't consider men's feelings, but there is a part of me that's like, Ah, they're used to it, you know, which is like for better or worse, like I don't know if that's the right approach. I mean, I feel like we, again, going back to the respect and treating people with, you know, fairness and kindness, uh, maybe I should take a look at this practice a little more closely. Um, But yeah, I do feel like with women,
1: I I try to be a little bit more tender about Mm. it. So to that point, um, whenever I have had to turn down a couple, um, I am – I do resonate with that. Like, I am more concerned about how the woman views me, number one. Like, I don't want her to think I'm a bitch, which is an interesting aspect to that. But then also, I don't want to hurt her or slash them. Um, But have you had to turn down couples because their boundaries are different than yours in the lifestyle? So let's say you are vibing with people. They're super hot. You guys mm-hmm. can carry on a conversation, but they only do soft swap, but you right. do right. Swap. full swap. Right. Full
0: swap. Right. Which let's define that for some people who don't know. Soft swap is doing first, second, and third base. And full swap is you swap partners and have sex, you know, vaginal penetration, whatever penetration that is.
1: And so soft swap, that's, you know, with heterosexual partners, right? But then you have the added element of us three women in this conversation also play with women. So maybe there's, you know, the only soft swap and the woman is like, oh, I make out with women, but I don't do anything else. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You can go down on me, but I won't go down like, on oh, you. God, like, I don't know. So so you've been having a great conversation and you've spent an hour with this couple laying the groundwork and then you hear this and you're like, oh fuck. God, okay. Fun. So I
0: will speak on this because I I'm not very shy when I'm into a couple and I'm, I'm vibing, I'm curious, I want to know more. I'll start the sexual conversation sooner than later, because I mean, I thought, what are we waiting for? I do want to connect on it. Like you said, a demisexual way, and get to know them, but I find out sooner than later what their preferences are. And if their preferences do not align with what Emmett and I are looking for, then I don't pursue. And I'm not in that position to need to reject. I'll Find somebody else, right? Or I will still keep uh, that friendly connection, but I'm going to pursue sexually with somebody else if they're not in alignment. Mm. Uh, sort of a boundary for me is when I meet
2: couples and one of like a woman in the couple might be bicurious. and You know, there's a lot of degrees of what that could possibly mean. So you have to get clarity on that right away. For me, that's a big one. Um, By curious, could mean a whole lot of things. (laughs) So when you say get clarity on that, what specifically do you ask? I ask, do you date women? Hmm. And that's for me. That is a great gauge to not being to to kind of see where their desire is at. Because for me, that's what it boils down to. I have a hard time playing with women if I don't feel like they want to fuck me or if they're not sure if they want to fuck me or if they're doing it to be performative for a man or whatever the million reasons might be. Yeah, but don't you feel like you can sometimes, you could spot that. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Like- but I also like to give people the benefit of the doubt because I've also had people completely surprise me. Where mm-hmm. you know I've been with uh, women that are maybe not that experienced. Mm-hmm. I had a threesome situation with a woman who said it was her first time and it really spooked me. This was with my ex, uh, my ex-guy partner. And we, you know, we were, we met her on field. We took her out. We were having a great time. The date was awesome. She was so hot. And right before we were getting down to business, she was like, I, I've never done this before. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but, and so I was, I I started immediately being like, okay, it's totally fine. We don't have to do this tonight. It's not a big deal. Like, I've, we've had a really good night. And like, as soon as I could like get the words out of my mouth. She was like shoving me down on the bed and like pulling my pants off. So it's like, <laughs> by curious can mean so many different things, you know? Um, so I feel like having these like gauges of, you know, what the degree is,
1: is at least for me is helpful. So let's bring up some specific context situations. I have really great um, go-to excuses <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so these are these are how to reject somebody excuses. Uh huh. Common ones, yeah,
2: common ones. I would say, yeah, I would say all of them except I probably don't use the
1: last one that much. Okay, yeah. so who has used? I have my period. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Wait. I okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> have you? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. And and Guilty. I've used it in a situation of I truly don't want to play with the person. I never want to play with the person.
0: And mm-hmm. I'll just deal
1: with that later. However, mm-hmm. I've also used it to reject someone I do want to play with in the future in the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I have used it
1: on V Mar- and J.
2: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and but but it wasn't an excuse. It was it was a legit. Uh, reason. I feel like for me, we made plans. The night came. I had my period. I was bloated. I was gross. I'm like, I don't want to have sex. And for me, it's not like um, I'm – You know, squeamish about blood or anything like that. But for me, I can't have an orgasm on my my period because the cramps, Mm. it just like the convulsions or whatever, it it just hurts really bad. So it makes my cramps like ten times more painful. So I never Mm. get horny. I never want to fuck on my period. So yeah, it was the rejection was legit. It wasn't an excuse. And obviously, we have hung out since. So (laughs) it's you know, it's legit. But I too have used it as a um, yeah,
0: have used it, but
2: not really. Yeah, Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier It's like one of those things where it's like It's something I We've all been there, we've all done it But it's something I don't want to abuse Because it does actually come up obviously, as we just discussed. And again, it's just that kicking the, kick the can down the road situation. Again, it's like, if I mm-hmm. really don't want to play with this person, I should just be upfront and honest. But I've definitely been in those situations where I'm like, I have too much on my plate. I overbooked. I don't really want to see this person. And now I'm stressed out. And last minute, it's my period. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> is that ethical and great? Mm, no, but mm-hmm. I have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To that point, I'm polysaturated. So this is a big one in New York. Al, um, have you heard this? No, first time
0: hearing this term, polysaturated. So you've got too many people to fuck that you're just going to say
1: no. Correct. <laughs> so you're polyamorous. You see a lot of people. You date a lot of people. You're polysaturated means you have too many people. Exactly. My cuppeth overfloweth. <laughs> exactly. You're burning the candle at both ends. You literally have booked yourself for every night of the week because everyone is worth your time and you want to spend, you have the best of intentions when you're filling your calendar. But then like come Wednesday or Thursday and you've been fucking different people every night, you're exhausted because you stayed up till two o'clock and then woke up for work the next morning the past couple nights it's not so much about canceling because I feel like this is something I would say
2: before I even get involved Mm, mm, because mm. I don't want to, I'll maybe get I've pursued used it both ways. Yeah. And maybe you'll get pursued by someone and even someone you might be into. And it could be a, a yes, maybe later situation. But it's like, you know, I've got so much on my plate like right now. I, you know, I have partners, you know, just a few months ago I had multiple partners. And it there really is only so much time in the day. And so I feel mm-hmm. like rejecting someone by saying I'm polysaturated right now. It I like it because if you really mean it and you don't use it as an excuse, you can always come back to that person and be like, hey, you know. A couple of people fell off I'm, my I face. Said, yeah, oh, yeah. I got some yeah. spots open. How's it, how's it going? Yeah, it, there's <laughs> actually a little
0: person. bit of a
1: drought now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, what does that – does that person feel like, oh, no, now you're coming back to me? Fuck you. Like, you know, is that is that often received or is it felt like, you know – I feel like it it has to be more
2: organic. It's like, I wouldn't say I'm like, I wouldn't be on a dating app and being like, sorry, I'm polysaturated. It's like, okay, well, why the fuck are you on this app? You (laughs) You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. But like in a play (laughs) party, I have had a situation where I was playing, you know, I was in a scene, it was really hot, it was really fun. And this couple wanted to uh, play with my ex. Uh, guy partner and I, the four of us. And the reality was, we were both like, yeah, this sounds really fun. But like, it's embarrassing. We're like looking at our calendar, like, but but when, like, when yeah. would we do it? Like, and I know that's like champagne problems, but it is like, uh, for me, it's like a really honest rejection to be like, hey, you're hot. Uh, could we do it in March?
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, instead yeah, of doing that yeah.
2: obnoxious, like schedule four months in advance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm I I mean, not obnoxious schedule four months in advance person because Jay and I are a little bit Poly saturated with our thirds and our other couples, but everybody is so worth our time. But Mm -hmm. you know, this is such a common thing in the open lifestyle. It's like you have your vanilla friends, people who are not in the lifestyle. You have your people in the lifestyle friends. You have yourselves. You want to have just date nights with you guys. You want to have your time with yourself. You have family stuff. The weekends buck up when you're trying to fit in all of these quality, quality relationships. And so it is something to laugh at to be like, oh, what are you doing in April? But (laughs) it's the reality of the situation. And you know what? Like if people are on the same page as us and they also have quality relationships that they try to make time for, like – there are people, and they get it. Yeah, they'll it. embrace that. Yeah, and they'll understand. they honor a commitment to, hey, April 21st, let's get together. Okay, mm-hmm. it's in the calendar. I can't fucking mm-hmm. wait, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And maybe um, that's the answer to the polysaturation. Instead of <laughs> saying that, I'll just say, I'm available in April. I was going to see if you wanted to talk about the concept of, of veto. As a type of rejection, I we're I love love talking to. about. Yeah, it. okay. So I don't know this concept. Yeah, okay. Know this either so, I feel like this has really fallen out of fashion for good reason. My very first foray into open relationships, I was on OK Cupid, and I met a guy, and he was the first person I met that was in this lifestyle, and I was like, "Why not? This sounds exciting. He's hot. Um, this is a new experience. I'm, I'm single." And so I meet him and we really hit it off. And like, we're having so much fun. He's showing me a whole new world. You know, his wife, now wife, then girlfriend seems really cool. And we've been seeing each other for a few months. And out of nowhere, I get vetoed by his girlfriend, (laughs) meaning it was basically like, we have this rule. If the other partner feels like there's a person that's, you know, for whatever reason, they shouldn't be dating them. No explanation needed. You have this like veto power. And so, you know, a lot of stuff I've read about, you know, open relationships, um, I don't think this is particularly healthy, which is why I think it's definitely fallen out of fashion. But I was rejected that way by the very first person I dated in an open relationship. And I was so pissed I did not talk to him for a year. So it's like they pull yeah. the rug out from under you. Absolutely. I was yeah. blindsided and I didn't have yeah. any way to make my case. And what hurt me the most in that is it gave me no – no explanation of why. He's like, she just has a feeling. She just doesn't like how close we're getting. So we have to just totally end it. And it it was just so absurd to me. And then so uh, I ran into him at a a poly cocktail mixer about a year afterwards that happened. And um, he was like, I am so sorry. He's like, that was so fucked up. Like the whole concept Mm. of like vetoing. He's like, we were new to it. We don't do that anymore. And I think it's kind of a beautiful thing because as pissed as I was at him for doing that, uh, we've come back in each other's lives and you know, we'll still hook up on a rare occasion. He has a kid now, so it's harder. Um, but yeah, he's like another person in my, in my orbit, in my world. And so it's funny how like a really painful rejection could turn and blossom into, I consider him
1: like a really dear friend now. So we learn, we live and we learn, you know? Yeah. So his no turned into a yes. Exactly. (laughs) It was
2: a maybe later with long game. Mm. Yeah, for sure.
1: This
0: comes back to that doing things with respect and owing people the integrity to tell them yes. how you feel and, and owing them the respect that they deserve.
1: You know? mm-hmm. I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. That's like all. Yeah, this is great. I feel like I've gotten some good ideas for the next time I'm put into a situation. Like, I just really think, like, setting that intention of acting in my integrity and being honest and In the moment, it might hurt them more and it might feel more uncomfortable to me, but in the long run, that's so much better than leaving ambiguity. Yes. I think that keeping that in mind and having that intention will be really helpful for every future play party that I go to, whether it's with people I know or don't know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Perfectly said. I've got nothing to add to that. I agree. <laughs> Thanks for the help, ladies. I'm so glad we pow out on this. Yes. <laughs> this is wonderful.
0: Yeah, this is a great conversation. I thank you all for tuning in. Um, we hope to catch you on the next episode. If you have any questions or comments, things you want to add to this conversation, please email us at girlsgondeep at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at Girls Gone Deep podcast. Thank you to our sponsors of this podcast, Horrible Life, which is a card game of Have You Ever All Things Sex and Kink. Uh, we're offering 10% off the deck with code GONE DEEP. So shop at HorribleLife.com and get your deck today. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.
1: I'm Elle. And I'm V.
0: And this and is… BB. Thanks for having me. BB. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: Bye. Bye.